I think I mentioned to you on my desktop, I had a folder called informational interviews and I had 30 in there that I did over the past two years of graduate school. I think those are so important because they not only give you connections, they not only teach you communication skills, but it also helps you learn the language of the job you're interested in. I'm Jeff Kozlowski, and I am a uh, marketing communications manager here at the School of Medicine and Dentistry, uh, supporting our, our graduate education and postdoctoral affairs program. Uh, and I'm, I'm your host for this, this live stream today. So again, welcome. Thank you. Our guest today is Cassandra Hauser. She is a 2022 alum of our microbiology and immunology program. So uh, just about a year out from defending her thesis and, and a nice fresh perspective on on the job market and and job the job application process and all that good stuff uh she is a toxicologist and research scientist at bosch and Lom here in rochester and without further ado here she is cassandra thank you so much for joining us sorry i muted you i had you muted that was my <laughs> bad let's re take it back 10 seconds cassandra welcome how are you <laughs> I'm doing really well. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me here. Absolutely. So uh, I know I gave a very brief introduction here at the top, but uh, if you don't mind just giving us a, a, a brief intro, a little bit about yourself, who you are and, and what you do. Uh, yes. So as you said, um, I am a microbi microbiology and immunology um, alumni from the University of Rochester. I got my PhD in immunology and I was in Dr. Paige Lawrence's lab who does immunotoxicology research. And so after I defended my thesis, I wanted to pursue toxicology more. And so now I'm a toxicologist at Bosch and Lam. And Bosch and Lam is primarily an ocular pharmaceutical medical device company making products from contact lenses to solutions to eye drops to surgical tools for surgeries. Um, my main focus as a toxicologist for the portfolio of products is on their implants. And so I, I focus a lot on intraocular lenses um, that replace your natural lens during cataract surgery, as well as uh, many other products. All right. Well, um, can you talk to us just a little bit about, we'll go, go back a few years and how, tell us how you discovered Rochester and what ultimately made you want to attend for grad school? Yeah. Um, so when I was an undergraduate, I went to Loyola University in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I was a biology major there. And at the time, I was not sure what I wanted to do with my degree. And so my advisor, who was in the biology department, pushed me, said, you should look at research. And so I pursued that further and then I was applying for grad school and I absolutely no idea. I felt like what I was doing, I had no idea what I wanted, where I wanted to go. And he just on a whim brought up Rochester. He said that he applied, he loved the city, he loved the school. Um, and so I kind of applied on a whim. I looked it up really quick, the pictures looked nice. I was like, did not know anything about the weather. <laughs> um, and so I applied, I interviewed and I got in and the interview process, I, what caught me and caught my attention about Rochester specifically was the people. 
And so when I interviewed, I had very positive interactions with not only faculty, uh, but the students. And at the time I could tell that, you know, the students weren't out for themselves and it wasn't a cutthroat environment, which I, I knew I didn't want and wouldn't be good because grad school is a stressful of enough time um, and it's a critical time. And so you want to make sure you surround yourself with uh, supportive people in a supportive environment. And so I, of course, the research was cutting edge and it, it attracted me, um, but it definitely the people is what brought me to Rochester. So, okay, so you 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 applied, accept, got accepted. Um, can you just talk a little bit about, you know, what your overall grad school experience was like here? Yeah, my, in a word, my overall experience for grad school in general and at Rochester specifically was positive. Um, I, I really had, I think, a, a good experience. And so what brought that, I think, is I was involved uh, within my program. So within immunology, uh, microbiology, PhD program at the University of Rochester. But I also became involved in other student uh, leadership positions that were within my field. Um, so, you know, I branched out and I got involved in the Society of Toxicology as well. And so I think all those things just got me interaction. It got me exposure, uh, which really helped my professional development. And I really took advantage of the ability to take graduate level courses for free. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you don't have to pay for them. <laughs> so, you know, outside of the required classes for my program, you know, I took courses in computational science and communication and intellectual property, um, the FDA regulatory framework. And I really believe that these courses made me well-rounded. It helped, it kept me stimulated so that I wasn't getting uh, burnt out in my work because in a thesis, you're so focused on your question, on your project. It's good to have your attention diverted a little bit elsewhere to help keep the balance. And honestly, my advisor was really supportive of my work-life balance and she allowed me to manage my own time. So I was able to maintain motivation in my research and have a healthy life outside of work. Um, and doing that, I was able to finish my degree in less than five years. Mm. And so I really feel um, that those four to five years of grad school didn't cost me uh, friendships, didn't cost me personal growth um, and happiness. So I think all that together to say, I, I would say that that's a very positive experience. <laughs> yeah. Going back to the point you made about kind of... Um, those graduate level courses like outside of what you were required we've had mm -hmm. a couple others come on here and say you know kind of if they could go back and do stuff again do do grad school over again they wouldn't maybe wouldn't be so head down focused on just like finishing their requirements getting done what they need to do but right. just kind of seeing seeing what else was out there taking taking different courses expanding the skill set a little bit yeah, it's hard. It's hard to do because you you're, you want to get your degree done right, and some advisors can push back. Um, but I think that these courses really help you with your degree and your project. They shed a different light on it, and it just increases, I think, your skill set. Some people could see it as a chore. I understand that argument, um, but I personally think they're really important, um, and they're there for you to use right there. So Cassandra, let's move to 
you know, okay, so you are, you came up on defending your thesis or just after you defended your thesis, I forget what the timeline timeline was mm-hmm. like there. Um, but then let's talk a little bit about the job search. So, you know, I, um, I know you're in a, a, a job you're clearly excited about now and, and enjoying a, a year in. Um, what would what would you say was the biggest key in finding a job that was the right fit for you? So I know everyone's going to say I've heard this networking. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's the common answer everyone says, Absolutely. but it's so true. It's so true. Um, and so. Honestly, it was networking and doing informational interviews. I, I think I mentioned to you on my desktop, I had a folder called informational interviews and I had 30 in there that I did over the past two years of graduate school. Um, and I think those are so important because they not only give you connections, they not only um, teach you communication skills, but it also helps you learn the language of the job you're interested in. And I don't know if that makes sense, but for me, I know that what grad school doesn't prepare you for is it doesn't give you the lingo that they use in the industry that you're interested in per se. And I'm talking about going from academia into industry. Um, and so by talking with people who are within the field, I was able to learn kind of the terms that they're using, you know, what, what gaps I have that I could start maybe addressing on my own. Another thing I learned is that there's a lot you can do with a doctorate degree. Uh, I have a degree in immunology and I'm now in toxicology. (laughs) Um, And so by interviewing with people, it became very clear to me that your degree doesn't necessarily put you in a corner. It's really what you do outside, like how you got to that degree. And that's what's applicable to the job industry if that makes no sense, but. Yeah, and um, you know, Ryan commented saying he 100% agrees on the importance of the informational interviews. And I wanna ask about that and clarify. So you said you kind of started that process two, with two years left in grad school? Yeah, I was I was doing them whenever I could. So if I went, I, I took advantage of the MyHub opportunities. And so after those, I was, I would reach out. That would, those to me were like easy, um, easy ones because they came to you and they're like, please reach out to me. And I was like, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So yeah, if I had to put a number on it, I would say about two years out, I was starting. um, And everyone I talked to said, yes, this is what you should be doing. This is great. I encourage earlier the better because it gives you time. Your interests change over time. Mm -hmm. You may think you like a job or you may like an industry, but you don't know until you're in it or until you talk to people. And so an example was for a while, I was really interested in medical affairs and becoming a medical science liaison. It was a little later in my degree, I would say a year out. And I knew that where I was at this point was, I don't think that I had the experience per se to step into that, but I had time to start planning saying, okay, what can I do to help prepare me? And by taking classes, actually the FDA um, regulatory framework class, intellectual property, I learned that I actually like this niche field in regulatory affairs, even inside regulatory affairs, a field called toxicology. So I think these informational interviews just really help you um, narrow in on your interests. And the more time you give yourself, I think the better. Yeah, so, you, so you're narrowing down 
interest you're eliminating maybe something you thought yeah. thought you might be interested in but you know are are no longer um so so all great stuff there and i i love um the piece too about uh, you mentioned a, a bit earlier about just like the lingo because you know i think sometimes you you don't know you know or one per one company may call a specific job one thing and and another company may use a completely different title for it so you may just totally kind of gloss over right uh, a potential fit exactly and a toxicologist's job is to do risk assessments what's a risk assessment <laughs> you know <laughs> these are things they don't teach you in graduate school i think there might be a course now at u of r that actually talks about this which is great but for me, that wasn't there. So I was like, what the heck's a risk assessment? What do you do? <laughs> um, but by talking to people, you learn exactly what that is. And do you like that? Does that sound like it would interest you? And, and so on and so forth. And then so I'm, I'm get, did you end up, did you do any inter informational interviews with Bosch and Lom before ultimately coming aboard? I did. Uh, so a previous graduate student in Paige's lab, who I interacted with for a little bit, was uh, Jessica Myers. Uh, she worked at IUVO, which is a contract research organization in Rochester. So I connected with her for a time being, I was really interested, again, and I went from medical affairs to regulatory affairs. I was interested in regulatory. So I was reaching out to her saying, you know, what are you doing? Is this something I want to pursue? And then she connected me with Carolyn Clock, who was another graduate student from the toxicology program at U of R who worked at Bosch alone. And so I talked with her um, and then she got me connected with her manager and then they had, had job openings. And this is kind of all what, what led to where I am today. Let's go move on. So something we kind of talked about in our pre-interviews leading up to this was, you know, salary negotiation. And you learned a ton about that um, just through, through your, um, you know, through, through getting this, this first job and, and, wanted yeah. to make that a point of discussion today so so any and and it's it's a hard it, it's really hard especially when it's your first like real job um you know mm -hmm. it, it is hard to kind of advocate for yourself right and know what's what what makes sense like what should i be getting as far as compensation and is it okay to push back you know and i'm, I'm talking from mm -hmm. my own experience too but so so any <laughs> tips you can provide um you know as far when it comes to compensation and, and salary negotiation right. i remember i'm um, asking this question in informational interviews and i would say you know i would i would never in an informational interview ask someone like how much do you make um if they <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes they willingly offered it without me asking. And if that's, if they do that, that's extremely generous and, and kind. Um, but um, I always would ask, you know, about negotiations and, and answer every time is don't take first offer. Mm -hmm. um, really the worst that can happen is no. I, I can imagine the only reason that they could come, it could come back to bite you is if they offered you something and you come back with three times the offer, I'm sure yeah. they're going to say, no, thank you. <laughs> um, do your research. And um, so, you know, through information interviews, if people offer that piece of knowledge, you can keep that in the back, your back pocket. Um, I think Google, the internet is a great way to get an idea of where the pay range is for your area. Mm -hmm. um, I know that's changing a lot now with remote work. And I know that companies are becoming, at least job postings are becoming a little more transparent with the pay range, uh, mm -hmm. particularly on, on LinkedIn postings. And so 
I think just ask people who are in the industry, like, you know, what, what do you recommend and just get advice from others. But I think the common, most common piece of advice was don't take first offer. And that's what I did. So um, my, the manager I interviewed with, he was very, very kind and very um, open with me. And so we were able to work together. So I didn't personally feel like I was asking him for more money. He had my back and said, you know, I want you to be paid what you think you're worth and I want you to be comfortable. And so he really supported uh, when I got my offer, my, I want to call it a rebuttal, but my <laughs> request back to HR of saying, you know, no, I'd like this. Um, and they came back to him in two hours and said, yes, that was it. That yeah. was just simple as that. <laughs> it was no big deal. <laughs> and were you kind of surprised? <laughs> I was surprised how quick it took. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, I was expecting maybe like a couple of days, a week. There was going right. to be maybe some background talk. But I think from what I understand is that positions, at least when they're given to HR, there's a range that they're given. And so if it falls within that range, it's an easy um, pass. Yeah, I think most places now are prepared for a little back and forth, right? It sounds like that it's it's just something they plan for and not not as a as a um, candidate right. something to be afraid of. Right. And I would say this is that when you do come back is to think about why you uh, deserve more. And so what I did was really I outlined, you know, my experience, you know, I, I said, you know, I, I did this internship in the Office of Regulatory Support at U of R. I, um, I also took these classes. So I, I kind of leveraged the fact that I have this doctorate degree, but I also have some relevant experience and skills that are an add to the company. Um, and so that was, I think, important as well to highlight, not just like I want more money. It was the fact that I thought that I could that my skill set was worth a little more. That's a yeah, great point. There's always going to, I guess, you know, people always wonder why when you're asking for for more compensation. Mm -hmm. So um, you mentioned uh, my hub a little bit ago. Mm -hmm. um, any any resources and if you can expand on that a little bit, but any specific resources you took advantage of um, while you were here at U of R that sort of uh, prepared you, I think you hit on a couple a little earlier, but sort of prepared you for um, the the job search or at least just prepared you to um, for your, your current career? Yeah. Um, so I was an active member in my hub. So I, I was involved and I attended <clears throat> um, the sessions and activities uh, when people would come in alumni and talk or professionals. So I, I went to those. Um, so I definitely took advantage of that. I became very uh, close with Elaine Smolok and um, Eric Vaughn, who I can still consider mentors. They're fantastic people to work with. Um, very kind and looking out for opportunities for me. So I really worked with them a lot just to bounce ideas off of them. Um, so I would take advantage of them because they are fantastic uh, resources um, that the University of Rochester has for you. Um, I also did an internship per se. Um, it was at U of R in the Office of Regulatory Support. Um, and through my hub, I was able to get in connection with Joan Adama there, who is the head of regulatory support there. And so I was able to do an internship onto her, which involved me supporting um, 
regulatory submissions of certain medical devices and investigational drugs to the FDA. And so that experience, I really believe was what got me my job because I was able to show that I had some sort of work experience, industry experience. Yeah. One thing I wish I did, um, if I thought about this earlier, was to do a formal internship somewhere at a company. At the time, it just, where I was in both my personal life and at school, it just didn't work out. Um, but at least I was able to do something at the university itself. This kind of leads us perfectly into a question we just got from uh, Rui Zhang. She is say, asking, is it really necessary to have a short internship? Maybe she's saying maybe like three months in a company before graduation. If I don't have the opportunity, will it be a disadvantage? I don't think so. I, I, that's a, I, that's first, that's a great question. Um, and it was something I was worried about as well. Right. And so I, I think that the way you portray yourself on a resume or through an informational interview or through an interview is more important. Mm -hmm. So I think if it is true that having that practical work experience, that industry experience is really helpful. Just speaking to members on my team, you know, it was one of the biggest concerns actually with me on boarding was they're like, you know, she hasn't worked in this field before. So mm -hmm. what's it going to look like? And so I don't think, I think it's naive to ignore that fact, but I, I wouldn't say it puts you at a disadvantage. I really think that you can leverage your current experience and skills in a way to highlight that relevancy of your degree to a company. And they know that. And I think companies are very open. They know doctorates. They're very quick learners. Um, they're intelligent. They're hard workers. I mean, it's just the whole process of the degree itself. So no, I don't think it's necessary. And I guess the short answer to that. Yeah. Many, many soft skills developed along the way. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, through through pursuing a PhD, for sure. Well, thank you for the question, Rui. If anybody else has anything, drop them in the comments. We're looking. Um, last thing I think I have for you, Cassandra, anything you would do differently? I, well, you just mentioned uh, the yeah. internship, but is there anything, uh, anything else you would do differently specific to grad school? You know, now that you've been out for a year, I know it's not that long, I guess. I'm sure it's flown by. But uh, if you, you know, would, can you look back and, and pinpoint anything that you might do differently as a grad student? Um, I, I really had to think about this one. <laughs> this is not to pat myself on the back, but I feel like I did. I tried a lot of different things in grad yeah, school, which I'm very, like very thankful for. Um, one thing I did think of was I, I wish I did attend conferences, more like more professional development conferences. So there are in the industry that you're interested in, whether it's medical affairs, regulatory affairs, toxicology, there are conferences that are more geared towards professional development or, or like industry, not necessarily academic research. And so I kind of wish I had the nerve to go to those. And it's, it's really intimidating. I felt intimidated because I'd be going and I'm a PhD candidate. I do research. What am I doing here? I don't know anything about medical device safety. And but I, I wish I tried that because could you imagine the people you would meet? I mean, the connections you'd make, and that's a fantastic way to go 
and get your name out there. Um, so I think that could have been really helpful in my job search. Um, something specific to toxicology, like I said, my PhD is in immunology, but I'm a toxicologist by training. Due to the way the academic courses were set up at the time that I was there, I was not able to take a toxicology class. And I do wish I did that. I think that would have been uh, helpful for where I am now. Um, so those are a couple of things that I wish I did. All right. And jumping back just quickly, I think on um, resources that folks have taken advantage of, Darlene Castro chimed in and said, also the leadership and management for scientists class taught mm -hmm. by Eric at URMC is a really nice way of learning about informational interviews and about careers in general, using your strength to achieve your goals, et cetera. So thank you for dropping that in Darlene. But yeah, thank you so much, Cassandra, for, for being a part of the event today. Really appreciate it. It's been such awesome information. Yeah, thank you very much. And I want to say for those who've tuned in, um, you're, you're welcome to reach out and, you know, uh, to me on LinkedIn. I, I would appreciate a, a message just so I know who you are and why you're <laughs> reaching out to me. Um, and I'm more than happy to, to meet and to talk and you know, I, you know, pass it on and yeah, pay it forward. Thank you. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so yeah, her, her name, let me throw it up one more time. If you want to, uh, search for her on LinkedIn, there she is. Um, and last thing I, I, I will mention, I know I mentioned this will be available as a recording afterward, but again, if you haven't checked out the podcast on YouTube and YouTube music, it's called the next step. All of these questions are, I mean, all of these conversations um, are, are available there about a couple weeks after they air here on LinkedIn. Uh, and again, you know, we, we talked about MyHub a lot. If you are a grad student and you haven't checked out MyHub yet, our career services office, I recommend you do so. Go to myhub.urmc.edu. Uh, you can make an appointment uh, with Elaine or Erica, as, as Cassandra mentioned, or, or, you know, there's a whole list of resources and graduate student groups and all that stuff um, to take advantage of. So, so check that out. Um, but otherwise, thank you all again for, for those that attended. We really appreciate the comments and questions. Uh, and uh, Cassandra, you're not seeing it, but you're getting a few uh, applause um, reactions here on, on LinkedIn. So oh, must have been lovely. <laughs> so much appreciated. Um, thank you. Thank you, Cassandra. And, uh, thank you very care. much.